You talking to me? Oh yeah, it is the week we've been waiting for inside the screening room. Finally, after all this time, it's the holiday season and we get to debate whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. <laughs> no, actually, we both agree. Yes, we do. It is a Christmas movie, so let there be no debate. What we're talking about is Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the big release. There's another one, too, and we'll talk about that one and uh, what's new on video. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. So let's get right to it. It's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. This is our chance to make a real difference. Are you with me? I couldn't face myself if I gave up now. None of us could. We'll take the next chance and the next. You're rebels, on you? Yeah, there is no doubt this is a Star Wars yes, story. Yes, it is. Right from the outset, you see a lot of familiar crafts, little creatures. You can just scan the horizon and see little fun bits of things that may go unnoticed, but there's a bunch of them, probably a bunch that we didn't even notice Probably, either. yeah. But as the movie rolls on, they start getting more important yes. and more pointed. Yeah. And they rise to the occasion. By the end, it's it's applause-worthy yeah. how they do it. And it's... Um, it's often thrilling, sometimes thoughtful, and a, a nice blast. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I thought that, you know, I thought that uh, there were a couple of places where uh, it dragged a little bit, and I thought yeah. there were probably a couple of those kind of tricks up the sleeve that maybe didn't quite land as well as they could have. But, you know, on the whole, I thought it was uh, a fairly brave and 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 consistently interesting adventure. Yeah, I know. I, what is interesting... Uh, I, there's been in the news here lately some concern from some groups about the the politics, I guess, of this movie, which I think is funny because even though going all the way back to the very first Star Wars movie, some of it may have been clumsy, but there's been this particular brand of historical politics since the beginning. They, I mean, They're called stormtroopers, right. for God's sake. And you have this weapon, and the goal is to wipe out a population. Yep. Wipe out. I mean, that's pretty overt yes. when, when you think about it, even though, again, some of the early writing was a bit more clumsy than this is. Well, and you know, and I feel like there was no opportunity to, to let up on that for this particular episode because, if you're not aware of it, it butts right up against New Hope. It is. It leads up to literally the day that New Hope begins, which is, in many ways, just outstanding. You yeah. know, it just it is like you said, applause worthy. It just makes you want to clap when you start seeing these pieces pull together. Because on one hand, you know where it's going. Yeah, you do know what we know what happens unless you haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies. Which, okay, <laughs> uh, but uh, I know that you're out there. In which case, you're probably not interested in this one. But anyway. Most of us know where it's going, but it's it's sure fun getting there and seeing how they connect the dots. Because if you remember, of course, in A New Hope, the whole thing is that the Death Star has been designed with a or has a fatal flaw in it that that, that can be exploited. And turns out that that fatal flaw was an act of conscience by the main designer, uh, the Empire scientist, who who did it as an act of conscience. And and now it's up to his daughter played by Felicity Jones, to get those plans, those original blueprints where they, where the Rebel Alliance can see the fatal flaw and then 
exploit it. Right. And so that's where the adventure comes in. And Getting Felicity those- Jones, she's great. She is. And, you know, and she's just, she's exactly in keeping with the central hero of any Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I really love a lot of the supporting cast that's around her. I love Matt Mickelson. He's always great. Ben he, he Mendelsohn. Plays, he plays her father, the scientist. Yeah, and, he and is great. Ben Mendelsohn plays one of the evils, you yes. know, and I love him. He I is always great. love him. I thought in this one, he is great. Don't get me wrong. I thought in this one, he might have chewed a tad bit of scenery. Yeah. But that was a bit in keeping with his character as sure. well very evil very cape swirling kind of a yeah. kind of a character yeah and then you know he comes into contact with some other evil beings and we'll right. leave it at that and Forrest Whitaker also makes uh, yeah and uh, you know I'm not sure how I felt about his performance either a little cartoonish but then again as you say I mean in the Star Wars universe a little bit of that is is probably necessary I think so some of the characters are more broadly drawn yeah. like all evil Sure. You know, although some of them have a good side. (laughs) But, uh, you know, very evil, uh, very good over on this side. But, yeah, um, the supporting cast is is very good. And there's that, in addition to the the politics, I guess, that have always been there, there's also that core story of fathers. Yes. There's that pull of the, the, the wayward father, destiny, and the longing child who needs to connect that thread, the bloodline, and how that runs through all of these episodes. Mm-hmm. That's definitely here. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just, there's enough, it just, just like with the last one, The Force Awakens, it's so fueled by nostalgia, but a fun, campy kind, you know? And it, it repays you for that, for your enduring, you know, love of this series. Yeah, and I think most of the criticism that I remember reading and hearing about from um, the last one, The Force Awakens, had to do with the fact that it was basically just A New Hope repackaged uh, because they used a it's lot really of those... really the first trilogy repackaged. Okay. There the, were a, yeah, yeah, there the were a lot trilogy. of... Images that were pulled, but but reshuffled around. Which I I for one did not see. I that. loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I did not see it as a weakness. Now maybe to play devil's advocate, they could say, well, that's because it's your nostalgia they're repackaging. But I thought it was a genius way to do it I because did too. coming back on Star Wars, it was almost like, well, get the Beatles back together. Whatever's going to happen, it's going to be a disappointment. Sure. Okay, so how do we do, we just repackage m- many of the same elements in a new and and I yeah I thought it was I thought it was a great way to do it and this one doesn't do that it has no, its no, own no. story it although does. as I said you know where it's going but it's really cool how they get it there yep because really you take a lot of movies really any romantic comedy you know where it's going sure the the trick is how well does it tell a story getting there mm-hmm. and this. Yes, it is fueled by nostalgia, but um, this has a lot of fun getting there and yeah, cleverly it, written. It is a puzzle piece, you know, and uh, you know what the next piece is. We've all seen the next piece, mm-hmm. but but it, it's a really well-crafted, nicely put-together story about, and you know, in any armed conflict, there are hundreds of stories that get you to any major battle because of everything that has to fall in place to get you to that point, and that's one of the, re- that's one of the reasons I think this one works. Yeah, and I knew... I realized this was going to be a, a prequel, so to speak. Sure. I didn't know that it was going to come right up to, like you said, the day, uh, very, very close to where A New Hope picks up. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really great that way. Again, I, I agree with you that there has there's a bit of a drag here and there, and a couple of the, the shots don't land. But overall, yeah, it's it's solid. And I think for some people, a certain segment of the, the Star Wars fans, I think this could be 
more satisfying in some ways than I think so too. The, the Force Awakens. Yeah. I, I really, I, I think the Force Awakens is a better film, but by a hair. Um, but uh, but this one still is solid. Yeah, it agreed. really is solid, and that is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I think it's going to make a buck or two. Might be, yeah, just, just a couple of bucks. The other one <laughs> out this week, I don't know. I'll give it this for having the cojones to go up against a Rogue One, mm-hmm. but trying to get that runoff audience, I guess, who's not interested. But if you're interested in sap, this is your this is your uh, flick, and it's called Collateral Beauty. Howard is a brilliant, creative, charismatic guy. He used to love life. Right now, he hates it. He writes letters. Who are they to? Howard doesn't write letters to people. He writes to things. Time. Love. Death. Who did you write the letter to? I wrote the letter to death. Nice to meet you. They're charmed, I'm sure. I don't want this. I'm time. I'm a gift, and you're wasting it. I am love. Don't try and live without me, Howard. Just look for it. I promise you, it's there. The collateral beauty. And the other working title for this was Will Smith Oscar Bait. They decided to go with Collateral Beauty, but either one would work. Yes. What a contrived (laughs) slap in the face. A more offensive film I have not recently seen. Uh, uh, Will Smith plays Howard. And uh, three years ago, Howard's uh, young daughter was w- died, and he is in uh, sort of still a zombie from it, sort of a grief zombie, and he doesn't talk to anybody. He rides his bike dangerously, and he sets up domino tiles in what used to be his office while the business goes to hell around him because he's not doing his job. So, so, so the dominoes then collapse, and everything just falls apart, right? Because we're all connected, George. <laughs> Oh, my God. And so... All right, I'll be quiet. No. (laughs) And so, in a fit of grief, he writes three letters. One to death, one to love, and one to time. (coughs) Sorry. Choked on that one there. I'm not going to give everything away, but... (sighs) Yeah. I wondered why. First of all, you've got Edward Norton. Mm -hmm. Kate Kate Winslet. Winslet. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. I don't know what they read in this script. Are they just good buddies with Will Smith? Maybe I uh, come know. do this movie. I I don't know. But you read this, and how you don't get the idea that is it is just manipulative, melodramatic claptrap. I I don't I don't understand. There are um, at least three major plot twists toward the end that. You, like a freight train barreling at you would be less obvious than these things. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and I got to say, the film is basically telling you that one person's debilitating, like life-ending, crippling grief can teach you a lesson. It's so offensive to me. And also that, you know... There is an easy resolution to the sort of, of of overwhelming grief that accompanies the death of a child. It's it's so patronizing. Mm-hmm. It's so manipulative. And in, in other words, what's important here is for the people that are having to live around and right, near exactly. the person who's grieving. God forbid that you complicate somebody else's life with right. your just overpowering grief. And you know what makes it even more maddening is when you have a movie out right now about the same subject, grief, which is so good, and that's Manchester by the Sea. Yes. I mean, 
it it's so sad and and burdened with grief, but yet still manages manages to be hopeful, right? And not contrived, not contrived. And seems like real life. I mean, you take just polar opposites, yeah, uh, tackling the same subject. You've yes, got exactly. Manchester by the Sea is the one to see, not collateral beauty. Uh, so obviously, the big one at the movie theaters, the multiplexes this week. You see, the uh, recommendation is Rogue One. But you know what? We've got. I'm, I was waiting. For this one, when we talk about what's out on video this mm-hmm. week, a quiet movie under the radar. I hope more people see it. It's called South Side with You. And if people haven't heard about it, it's basically a depiction of the first date of Barack and Michelle Obama. And it's it's very reminiscent of a play. Sure. It's very quiet. It's very uh, thoughtful, uh, very dialogue and performance driven, but it's so nice. And I, I really hope even people, no matter your politics, you can just appreciate a well-told story and good performances and, and good writing. And this has it, especially a guy named Parker Sawyers, who plays uh, Barack Obama, is fantastic. He looks well enough like him, but the mannerisms, the way of speaking, the the stilted speech that Obama has sure. sometimes. He just really embodies the character, and it's thoughtfully written and tender and somewhat like Star Wars in that you know what happens later. Right, right. It makes it all the more sweet because you know what's in their future, and it just is really it's just that one day of what happens on their on their first date. And I assume that it's pretty factual. I would assume so. I didn't check. But, uh, <laughs> you didn't ask him. Yeah, I didn't ask him. But uh, <laughs> it's really, really sweet and, and well done. And I, I really recommend that one. Uh, if you can get a hold of it, South Side with You uh, is the title of that. And there's there's more out on uh, on video. You've got Suicide Squad. We didn't care for that no. at all. No. Uh, and Morgan, which you kind of liked. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a B movie, but it's it's it packs a wallop. I mean, it's you know, you you've got to be in the mood for it. It's like a it's like a, a horror action thriller hybrid. Not it's not scary by any means, and it's but girl, it's got those elements. It's the girl yeah. from The Witch, Anya Taylor Joy, yeah. who we love so much. Yeah. Uh, so and- it's you know it's kind of fun for a B movie. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins also comes out, which again is is a flawed film. Meryl Streep always a joy, which always means a joy. she made a movie, so she'll probably get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, the one that I'm confused by, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I swear to God, it was just in theaters. Like the rest of these movies, it took them six months to come out on video, and this one, just a blink of an eye. It's uh, I didn't care for it though. It's it's pretty it's pretty flat. They were kind of interesting books actually, and I thought Tim Burton was probably the perfect director for it, but. Not a good match, mm-hmm. so we would pass on that one. And one that you can get on Blu-ray DVD right now, it's been available on VOD for a while, it's called I Am Not a Serial Killer. Christopher Lloyd, great performance, interesting little movie. I think technically a horror film, not scary, a little bit more sci-fi, very character-driven. Christopher Lloyd is wonderful, really worth checking out. Okay, if you've seen any of those or going to see any of those, let us know what you think, especially if what you think about Rogue One or maybe... If you uh, disagree with Collateral Beauty and uh, you want to get some recommendations in for that, we'd love to hear from you. Easiest way to uh, keep the conversation going with us is on Twitter, and that is uh, we're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, and Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. Now, next week, as we get closer to Christmas, there's always big movies that open on Christmas Day. Right, which is Even, weird because it's a Sunday this year. It's a year. Sunday, but like you always say, one of the biggest mm-hmm. movie-going 
days of the year, mm-hmm. which which we certainly have done. We've taken the whole family. Yeah. I remember years ago, back when everybody was in, we all went to see um, Catch Me If You Can. Yep. Remember that? Yes, so I do remember. A lot of families do that. So we've got a lot coming in the next week and on Christmas Day. Yeah, uh, starting with passengers, which, uh, you know, I don't know, a shiny mess is what we're hearing about it, but uh, with those Chris t- Pratt and yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, it's hard to say no. You know, and they're, they're really making the rounds with their social media pranks, which is very cute and they are very likable, but then it gets to the point where are they pushing too hard to try to get uh, some attention here? I don't know. I'm but ho- another I'm one I'm a little it. more worried about, actually, Assassin's Creed. This yeah. one is baffling to me. Marion Cotillard, Michael Fassbender, and Jeremy Irons in a video game movie. I'm sorry? And they are all, not always, they are almost always terrible. Video game video movies. Game movies. I, I got to wonder, I, I don't know how many people saw, was it last year or the year before, Marion Cotillard and Michael Fassbender did a version of Macbeth. Yeah, it was last year, about and, this time. And it almost makes me think, was this... Same director. W- was this a deal? Right. Like, if, we'll do your Macbeth if you have to do Assassin's Creed. I mean, because those two actors are so good and so... At first blush, above this. Yes. But we haven't seen it. No. So, but that is definitely coming out. And then one one movie that is vying for your number one spot of the year. Mm-hmm. It's wide release this week. Yeah, and it's La La Land. And I will we'll have a, a more in depth breakdown of that next week. But it's so good. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. A movie that pretty much from the what the first minute in you're smiling. Yes. And you're pretty much smiling throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um. It's and it's a splash of color and and sound and music, and I'm going on too much about it because we're going to talk about it next week, but it's great. And that's coming out. And speaking of, wow, great performances, Fences is a movie with Denzel Washington. Who directs. And, who directs, and Viola Davis. Who is and magnificent no matter what. A great what. supporting cast. Yeah, very good. And it's an adaptation of a play. Yeah. And it's, oh, the performances. I, I fully expect some nominations yeah, there. There so should we'll, be. so we'll get into all of that next week. And then there also is that comedy. Is that coming out next week? Yeah. James Franco and Brian Cranston. Yeah, why him? Why him? So the, the boyfriend comes home and he's a ne'er-do-well. And yeah, I didn't know that was coming out next week. Yep. So we shall see yeah. about that one. So Rogue One, it's all about Rogue One this week. Let us know. And the uh, Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and madwolf.com. Until next week, another big week. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. And may the Force be with you. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.